0: In day one of the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten showed it has teams that can go far, but some teams also showed why no one's believed in this conference for a little while now. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Coming up on today's show, we're going to go over the first day of the NCAA Tournament's round of 64. We've got teams showing that they can go deep in this tournament other teams stumbling and falling out in their first appearances on the court here in the field. We'll get into all of it here as we start up the show. Be sure to follow along at LockedOnBig10 wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter too. It's at LockedOnBig10, 10 10 at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. Let's dive right in with the very first game of the day, a Big Ten win. The Maryland Terrapins take down West Virginia, final score 67-65, to 65. a game that to be quite honest, was not very pretty throughout, especially at the very start for Maryland. Maryland at one point down 16-4 to early in this game. But to either give credit to the Maryland defense or really just to show how kind of dysfunctional things were to start, West Virginia did not take advantage of what was a really, really bad, bad start to this game for the Terps. Maryland should have been down more, to be completely honest. Maryland should have, and very well could have, had this game be over by the time they hit the locker rooms. Instead, the Terrapins not only withstand the slow start on offense, with some good defense too, give Maryland credit, that defense is good, but it comes back and actually takes the lead into halftime, able to get this win 67-65, the final score, on a day where Jameer Young did not do much of anything for this team. He had himself only one main field goal, 10 points in total, six turnovers in total, two. He ends up taking just five shots from the field, goes to the free throw line a bunch too. So he, he had the ball a little bit more than that. But it was a very, very quiet day for Jameer Young and one in which Maryland was still able to win. And I think that's the big takeaway if you're a Terrapins fan here. Because honestly, ever since this bracket came out, a Maryland fan has been looking forward to this game, but knowing what is coming ahead. And one of the best teams in the country, in my opinion, the most talented team in the country right now in the Alabama Crimson Tide. So when you have that team going up and waiting for you next time, and they looked plenty good on Thursday as well, you have to have a game, obviously not necessarily like this with what Jameer Young did, but with what everybody else did for Maryland, That's what you need out of this team. Julian Reese was outstanding. 17 points, I believe he had inside by the time it was all said and done. And did some really good things at really clutch times that kept Maryland from getting bullied inside, which was one of the key things that you worried about going in, is how they were going to manage playing in the interior if they had to. Julian Reese made it so that things were at least respectable in a situation where Maryland did get out-rebounded over on that side of the floor. So Maryland is able to get contributions from other players, and it's important because if you're going to go up against the number one team in this bracket, in the Alabama Crimson Tide, you're going to have to have just about your best day from everyone. Maryland showed that it can be that good in just about every aspect except for what Jameer Young did. Again, a really, really slow start, but once they got going, this team played a really, really good basketball game. The second half, to give both teams credit, was much better and cleaner than what we saw in the first half and a whole lot more fun to watch, to be completely honest. But while this team was going back and forth, the best player on this team was not performing as well as he is normally used to in Jameer Young. My point is, Jameer Young isn't going to do that two games in a row. So if you were looking for a reason to be optimistic going into Saturday's game against the Crimson Tide, you can know that you have, at least in this round of 64 game, shown signs that you can compete in every aspect on the floor and that everybody can get close to what is their A game, as we saw near the end of that game for Maryland. And you can trust also that Jameer Young is not going to have a second straight dud game out there. In fact, I'd expect him to be definitely wanting to prove that that is not who he is on this national stage. So while Maryland fans may be going into Saturday, and to be honest, probably should be going into Saturday, thinking that they're probably going to lose this game. At the very least, you got the motivators that you needed here on Thursday to be able to go into that game and say, okay, maybe we got a shot. And the score doesn't indicate that, right? Because this team was terrible for the first part of this game, only scored 67 points in a win, and it wasn't like West Virginia was doing anything incredibly well either. If West Virginia plays its best game, there's no Maryland left in this tournament. But Maryland end up getting a win with its best player not playing his best, so you can expect to see at least a little bit better there, try to get the same production from everywhere else. And then maybe just maybe you have some optimism going into the Alabama game. I guess I'm saying on the other side, you could very easily going into this game thinking, man, we just absolutely had a dud of a game and got lucky to win it. But instead, I think you have at least some reason to be optimistic that you can run with this Crimson Tide team. And we'll see what happens when we get to Saturday. Again, not expecting a win. But I think there's something to look forward to and a reason to be optimistic after what we saw on Thursday. Let's move on to the next Big Ten game I want to talk to you about. Uh, Illinois against Arkansas. The Illini just didn't have it. And I mentioned off the top of the show, there are games that make you think the Big Ten can get some teams deep in this tourney. And then there are games that remind you why everyone says the Big Ten Is just not up to the par of everyone else because they get tournament teams, but they don't get true contenders in. Illinois was a team that looked like it wasn't ready to be a true contender here on Thursday. We talked about this Illinois team plenty. A team that, when it's playing really good basketball, looks like one of the best teams in the country, but when it's not, is one of the most dysfunctional teams it seems in the country as well. And unfortunately, we got the dysfunctional Illini for a big part of this game against Arkansas. They fell behind early, led or trailed. Pretty much the entire time, but we did see some of those flashes. There was a point about ten minutes left in the game where I was about ready to be like, "Okay, let's go to the next game." It was a game. Arkansas was up, I think, close to twenty at some point, and then Illinois, in a matter of a few seconds, it seemed like, was able to storm back and get things back to single digits. That's the kind of thing that had me thinking, "Oh." Maybe Illinois can make a deep run here and win a couple of games out of nowhere, win a game that maybe they shouldn't have won. But when the Illini were going to play this poorly, it was going to be really, really tough for them to be able to win this game. Both teams, to be fair, didn't do terribly well. Uh, Illinois and Arkansas both shot less than 40% from the field, both shot less than 30% from behind the arc. So when you look at those stats, you realize that this was a game that was up for grabs. Arkansas ends up winning it by double digits, but this was a game that Illinois could have won, and it just did not show up for It's one of those games that the other critics of the Big Ten, when they lose in this tournament, as they have so often in recent years, people point to games like this Illinois game, like the Iowa game that we're going to talk about in just a minute, because Illinois was a team that at some point... People thought was top four in the Big Ten. But it became very clear on Thursday that it was not a team that was built for the long haul in the Big Ten in, in the NCAA tournament. And when you look just at the Big Ten's amount of teams in this tournament as a whole, you think, oh, eight Big Ten teams in this tourney. That's one of the best teams in college basketball, one of the best conferences in college basketball. But then you see the seedings. With Purdue at one and Indiana at four, then everybody else in the seven to 10 range, I think that's an earned spot for Big Ten teams to be in. All the other Big Ten teams are in that range. And with the way the Big Ten has performed in this tournament in particular, I don't think the NCAA selection committee is supposed to think of things that way. But this is the spot that the Big Ten has earned. This is a spot where people are saying, yeah, You can win your first game, but aside from the teams that are really, really good here in the Big Ten, we don't trust anyone to get out of that first weekend. So an Illinois team losing in the way that it did, it was trailing pretty much wire to wire. Things were never really, really in doubt in the second half. Illinois made things at least a little bit exciting for a couple of minutes there, but it was always at arm's length, if not a little bit more. The Big Ten makes too many teams like this one. Teams that you know can win a couple of tournament games if they get hot, but you really do in your deepest of your heart know in truth that this team is not a team that is going to do those kind of things. There may be a team that actually can do something like that with the way that the Penn State Nittany Lions played last night. Iowa lost, and they're out of the tournament, too. We've got all sorts of other games to go over as we get into the second day of action here in the Big Ten. We'll talk more about the later the later selection of Big Ten games that we had here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get into any of that, though, the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything at all, from the money line to point scores and threes made to any sort of lines or props that you want to find. FanDuel has them. You can get anything that you want over at FanDuel, and you can get your no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Also, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure to check out also our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, players, and insiders. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's continue to go through the later set of games from the Big Ten on day one of the NCAA tournament. Penn State. Looked really, really good in beating a Texas A&M team, 76-59. to And the 10 seed moves on to the round of 32. And this was one of the more exciting games to watch. One of the more fun games to watch if you're a Penn State fan, of course. Andrew Funk goes off. 8 of 11 from behind the arc. Ends up with 27 points. And let's not downplay Jalen Pickett's big night, too. He had himself, I believe it was either 17 or 19, 8 and 7, I think the final stat line was for him. Penn State was not going to lose this game last night. Uh, Texas AM and was a team that, going into the tournament, people thought was a bit underseeded. Could have gotten a 6, or some people are arguing even a 5 seed. Ends up with the 7, and just gets a little bit unlucky and in running into a Big 10 buzzsaw in the hottest team in the conference in penn state gets to the big 10 championship game and carries that momentum straight into march something i usually worry about because the teams that play well in their conference tournaments are obviously big popular picks in brackets and while all the hypes around him i'm just sitting there thinking okay well yeah But they've had travel, they've had a longer break, to be honest, between the end of the conference tournament and the start of the NCAA tournament, depending on when you're playing, than you normally would have between games. Obviously, a bit longer of a break than when you were in Indianapolis playing every single day. So I was definitely worried about what Penn State was going to be able to do here. They silenced any doubts that I had in having not only a really good game, but a really good game in a way that they wanted to play it to. Worked in and then kicked back outside the perimeter. Funk was absolutely outstanding in what he was doing. The entire team shot over 50% from three. Penn State, as I had talked about in the last week or so, was the team that on paper looked like it was ready to make a run. They played hot going into the postseason. They made it to the Big Ten Championship game. And it's in one of the more obvious things, the three-pointer. That gets them their life. So if they're hot from three, as they have been over the last couple of weeks, this team was a team that was going to be able to beat a team that was better than it. I don't know if you want to argue that A&M is better or worse than Penn State. We'll see what happens here in the next round as they get ready for a big test and a big chance to make the Sweet 16 in What would obviously be huge for that group of seniors and that school, which just snapped the longest NCAA tournament drought in the Big Ten. So a huge, huge opportunity for Penn State. If I was picking a team to root for and put my money on to win their next game based on their first game, it would be the Penn State Nittany Lions. They looked so, so good. And it was never in doubt. It's winning in a big way throughout the entire game and they can hopefully carry that over here into the Saturday matchup. Iowa was the other Big Ten team to lose yesterday. The final score, 83-75 to against Auburn. A uh, big talk of this game had been that this was a road game for the Hawkeyes in Birmingham, Alabama. But if you were watching the game, wasn't that packed. Not that many Auburn fans in there. So while it definitely wasn't a home game for the Hawkeyes, I, I was going into the first round thinking, All right. Yes, I know that this is a true road game for them. But when it's that first round, I don't know how many fans actually make it out there and go to those first round games across the board, not just in Alabama. But Auburn, I feel like didn't really show out, but it didn't seem to matter as they went on a run there in the second half. A big stretch where they were just hitting threes back and forth and got the lead to double digits. Iowa never really able to claw back and get really back into this thing after that happened. Chris Murray just didn't have the shot. Five of 18 from the field. The team was seven of 27 from three-point land. And the best offensive team in the Big Ten just did not have it against an Auburn team that was ready to take advantage. Again, this was like I said with Illinois before. Iowa was a predictable team. We knew how Iowa won the game. We knew how Iowa would lose the game. And they lost the game because they just didn't make shots. This offense is everything for this team. And again, when you talk about the teams in the Big Ten that are in this kind of range, you've got teams that look good. And then you've got teams where it became very obvious that this team was never, never going to be a true contender, even if it was able to win a game or two. This was not a team as Illinois wasn't. And as you could argue, many of the teams in the Big Ten aren't that was primed to, say, win four games and get themselves into the final four. When you talk about Cinderella teams, that's what you're talking about. Double-digit seeds can make that final weekend. They don't win the whole thing. It's very, very hard to win the whole thing if you're not one of the top teams in the country. But as far as the teams that can make a legitimate deep run and be remembered, the Big Ten doesn't make those kind of teams. Purdue's a contender. I think Indiana, if it gets the right kind of draw and plays its game, can be a team that can make a real deep run. But when you're talking about how many teams that really is, I feel like in the Big 10, it's much less than, say, in the Big 12, where they are challenging for best conference in the country. That, I think, is the big difference between these two teams, between these two conferences, is that... The Big Ten, while it makes teams that can win any day of the week against any team in the country, when you talk about it being able to win the four games in a row, six games in a row, to make it to the final weekend or win the championship, that number gets really, really small. In in my opinion, it's two. And the seedings agree with it. While the Big 12 has a whole bunch of teams that I would argue have at least the possibility of making a run. And that's my big difference, I guess between what I've seen lately from the Big Ten in this tournament and what I've seen lately from that conference or other conferences that are able to get teams deep. When you talk about making three Big Ten Sweet 16 teams in the last two seasons, with the amount of teams that have been in this conference from the in this tournament from the Big Ten in the last two seasons, it's something that you really start to realize and start to look at, okay, what is it that holds Big Ten teams back? Teams like Iowa and teams like Illinois Even if they were to make it to the Sweet 16 and become one of those few teams that won a couple of games, they're not teams that are built to go deep. And I guess you could say that about just about everyone who's seeded 7 through 10, but I, I don't know. I look at a Michigan State and I look at a Penn State, and I think, okay, those are teams that maybe could at least make a run here. And not all the Big Ten teams that are in that group have that kind of ability. I think that's the thing that became most obvious among the teams that lost at least yesterday. Well, let's wrap up with a team that actually did win. Northwestern looks good against Boise State leads the whole way. Final score 75 to 67. Again, the Wildcats did not trail in this game. A consistent game for Northwestern and a game that at least leads me to suggest that the Wildcats could be a team that wins a couple of games here because an outstanding performance we saw from their backcourt. Uh, Chase Audige and Bowie went off a combined 13 of 26 from the field, 42 points combined. Bowie with 22, Audige with 20. And Northwestern just looks good. Beats a Boise State team that it was from start to finish ahead of, but also from start to finish, if you ask me, just looked like the better team against. Looked like a team that had gone through a Big Ten season and was ready for the NCAA tournament and wasn't going to slip up against a Boise State team that is from what we consider to be, if you're a Big Ten elitist, an inferior conference. That's the key here. I guess maybe that's what we're looking for. If you want to be the best conference in the country and the Big Ten likes to hold stake to that claim in basketball season, then you have to be able to have these kind of teams and these kind of games where it looked pretty obvious from front to back that Northwestern was going to win this game. Those are the kind of performances I want to see, and the kind of performances that'll shut up the haters when it comes to everybody claiming that the Big Ten is not an elite college basketball conference because of what they see here in March. There's going to be always hate when you're at the top. And the Big Ten is always going to have top tier schools that don't get necessarily the same respect, as long as this drought is going, that they deserve. But at the same time, some of the criticism has to be deserved somewhere. And you see it when you have these kind of losses. But these kind of wins for Northwestern here are the kind of wins that will get at least some of the respect back for the Big Ten. Now it just has to happen on a bit of a bigger stage in the round of 64. Let's get championship contenders. That's what we're looking for here. The team, the conference getting eight, nine, 10 teams into this tournament, it just isn't good enough anymore. We want to be the best of the best. So let's get some big wins when it really matters here on Saturday and Sunday, and then start a next week too. Northwestern looked like a team that could do that. Only big issue, rebounding. Gave up a 20 offensive rebounds. Northwestern did to Boise State. The Built, bar- the Built March Madness bracket is here. Uh, we know you have a favorite Built Bar or Puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com, Mar- BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'll be voting for the churro bar. It is one of the best out there from Built Bar. And when you vote for your favorite bar or Puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. Built is the place to go for the best protein bar ever. It's absolutely amazing, and you won't believe that it's actually good for you, too, with how good it tastes. Head on over to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop on today and support your pick. A couple of rundowns just real quickly of the Big Ten schedules before we let you go. NCAA tournament games today, of course, if your team's in it, you already know. But USC will start off the day against Michigan State. That is, in my opinion, an all-Big Ten matchup. It will be soon. But the Trojans take on the current Big Ten team in the Spartans, a team that I have going pretty deep in this tournament in my bracket. So I'll be rooting for Sparty. And if they do win, that'll be both days of the first round that start off with a Big Ten win. Just kind of cool. Also, fairly Dickinson is taking on Purdue later on tonight, and in the late game, Kent State has Indiana, the two Big Ten favorites to go deep in this conference as far as seating. Start their tournament runs in the, in the back end here of the of the Friday games. The Women's NCAA Tournament starts up today as well. Maryland is facing off against Holy Cross in the round of 64. Michigan against UNLV. Iowa against Southeast Louisiana. All the other Big Ten teams will play on Saturday in their first games. And also this weekend in Iowa, the Big Ten Women's Gymnastics Championships will take place. We'll give you all the biggest names from the highlights next time here on Locked On Big Ten. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen today. Be sure to check out for your second listen, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along with us at Locked On Big 1010 one when you're typing it out, not T E N on whatever platforms you get your podcast from. And follow me on Twitter at Nate with Sports. I'm Nate Dickinson with Locked On.